I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Today, we'd like to welcome to the podcast, Steve Castillo. Steve is the CEO of Profit Solver, a program that determines the best future pricing to assure desired profit for veterinary practices. Profit Solver helps practices set the right service fees, improve employee output, and create new profit centers. To date, Profit Center has helped over 1,800 practices increase profit by an average of $90,000 per year. <laughs> Throw numbers in there and I'm a little confused. My brain's yeah. like, wait, how many zeros? I know, I'm the accountant. I always see zeros where there aren't. Um, welcome. Thank you for making time with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Jamie, and look forward to uh, next uh, 30 to 40 minutes Yeah, your audience. Um, so first question first, what was your first job? First job was actually a busboy at Ramshorn Restaurant. Uh, I begged my parents to, I wanted to work in a, you know, I almost had to beg my parents to let me work there. So I finally uh, conceded and I ended up working there for the summer. It was just, uh, I was just anxious to get going in my career. So I was in ninth grade, I think at the time. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, I think restaurant work is key for life. <laughs> I worked in a ton of restaurants and, um, it's funny how it translates eventually to like being an entrepreneur. Um, I had a Bethany like in the middle of a podcast one time, I was like, wait a minute being a server is like being an entrepreneur because <laughs> it really is. Um, right. Yeah. I, I bust tables at one point too, before I could serve before I was 18. So I understand. Um, so give us the, the rundown on your career journey. Okay. So uh, initially started out uh, working uh, for a CPA firm right out of college. And um, I was stuck in on the audit side and, after probably about a year of that, I asked to, to be moved to the tax side. And that's where I really, uh, things really clicked for me. So I worked there for about three to four years and um, uh, left to go work for CCH, which was a software company that provided tax services and mm -hmm. software to the CPA industry. So it was a kind of a natural fit for me. And I worked more on the sales and marketing side and then worked up through uh, the management chain there. Uh, and ultimately I ended up uh, purchasing nine Taco Bells in Miami. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, so I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial and this just happened to be a good fit. And, and part of the reason I did that is my wife was also working at Pepsi at the time and Taco Bell was owned by Pepsi. And there was obviously some um, connections there, but it took us about two and a half to three years to finally get the deal done. And uh, so we, we closed on those in 1999. And we ran those uh, Taco Bells for about uh, almost 10 to 11 years. And we transitioned out of that. And I probably would still be in it today. But uh, there was a big franchisee that was coming into the state of Florida and started buying up all these franchise franchisees. And I just thought there's no way. But when he put the number on the table, I said, okay, yes, I guess I'm selling. <laughs> so I did sell to him. And when I transitioned out of uh, that, I 
was looking for different investments. And that's how I fell into Profit Solver. I, I invested uh, some money with Profit Solver here to become part owner. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, it was, it's a great, I, I just thought it was a great idea. And the concept was there because it was based in cost accounting. Mm-hmm. That's what, what really attracted me. And I thought with the software background I had, we can make this thing really, really look good and, and uh, really help the veterinary professions professionals in here along with other industries. But um, uh, unfortunately, Dan, the founder of this passed away in 2015. And um, that's when I became full-time, you know, CEO of the company mm-hmm. and uh, been doing that ever since. So I love it. Yeah, it's, it is very specific cost accounting. Um, we nerded out on, on it. I've nerded out with Lindsay on it a few times now. And I'm just like, it's just like, you know, it does the cost accounting that we can't do, you know, for most of our businesses because we don't have that time piece. So, um, so you answered my next question. So what is Profit Solver? How does that yeah, work? So it, to really sum it up, I mean, the, the way that I look at Profit Solver, it's, it's really a way for a business to, um, you know, talk about, Hey, this is the profit that I would like to make in my business, but how do I, how do I get that profit and how does that work? And, Mm -hmm. and so what we've been able to do is create a software application that is really based in very objective uh, cost accounting principles, but we put it together in a way with other things such as time and motion studies, like how long does it take to do a service and, and who's involved in that service, but taking all your costs in your business to figure out what price should I charge in order to achieve that uh, profit goal, but also taking into account how much do I work and how much time off do I take and, and how much do I want to work and how much do I want to work exactly. So, and how productive am I when I'm working? So it takes all these different variables and puts them together and it gives you the price that you should charge. Now we don't tell you that's what you should charge because you got to look at the market and understand the market around you and say, okay, what's competitive, what's not competitive pricing. And, uh, but we do it in a way that balances it out where you're making price changes to about 20 to 30 to 40 of your services that help you achieve your profit goal year in and year out. That's really cool. Um, I think that's always the challenge. Always the challenge is how much profit do we really want? Like having that as an end goal and then understanding all those inputs is always you know, confusing, right? And it's even right. confusing for like, I mean, me over sitting over here on this side, we can look at costs and we can look at labor costs, but like we're not in the practice saying, oh, well, this is where your inefficiencies are or, you know, oh, well, it takes this long to actually do this thing or the doc's doing too much and we have somebody at a lower pay rate doing some of these things. Um, so it really kind of solves some of those problems too that we're, you know, we see in veterinary practices. Yeah. I mean, it really opens up um, what I hear back from business owners that go through this with us is mm-hmm. it maybe look at and understand my business uh, much better than I ever did before, mm-hmm. because now I'm looking at it in a way from almost like a different angle mm-hmm. uh, to be able to understand what are the the drivers in my business and what contributes to a lot of the um, the cost leakage, uh, profit leakage, and things like that. And, and I know in this industry, profit was was a dirty word that people didn't like to talk about early, mm-hmm. probably back in 2010 and 11 when I invested. Uh, but it, it, it changed quite a bit over the years. Now people are accepting that, yes, I need profit to, in order to do the things I want to do. Right. And, and to make the practice that I want to make. 
Um, and so that's what we try to do is really expose them to different ways of looking at it. It's not just all about price. It's about mm -hmm. how do I structure my services? How do I look at things differently to yield the best result that I can in my business? I love it. Um, so what are some of the biggest challenges you guys find that veterinary um, practices uh, do or create with their with their pricing? Well, I, I think what I what I see over and over again is that we talk to a lot of different practices about, and the first question I always ask is, how did you mm -hmm. how did you come up with your pricing structure? You know, what was what was the thoughts around this? And I probably ninety five percent of the time, it's we don't know. We just we got a price book somewhere, or it was here when I got here, and we just ran with it. Mm -hmm. And my next follow up question is how often do you change your prices and what do you use to, to make those changes? I get kind of the same answer. It's we look around, we call around and see what everybody else is charging on some of the shop services. And we just up them three to 4% across the board with really not a whole lot of thought or input. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that pricing and one of the reasons that we did this is because uh, Dan had a friend who was a veterinarian that was struggling with, what do I do to set my prices? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you help me? Because uh, I, I, I struggle with this and I'm losing money and I don't understand why. So based upon that, we're, that's why we looked at a way that how can we do this that is makes sense. It's founded in some you know, cost accounting science, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, that we can relate to them. But I think a lot of the owners fall into this. We don't know why. We just kind of do it. Mm -hmm. And we don't really have a handle on it. And the other big point is they don't spend enough time. This is probably the most important part of their practice financially with what they're doing. And they spend probably less than 10 to 12 hours a year, even analyzing or doing this uh, function altogether. Really hard to make profit when you're not looking at your revenue and your pricing. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think most, like in my experience, most industries spend a lot of time like looking at their costs and they really should be looking at their pricing and their revenues um, because then we can absorb those costs, right? Or like right. we can spend less time worrying about, oh, you know, our price went up a little bit here on this particular thing. But if you have your pricing figured out and you can say, oh, okay, well, I have enough cushion to absorb that into, you know, whatever extra profit I'm creating with this, um, with this uh, thing. And then also I like the, I like that you guys include include the, I mean, when we look at cost accounting, I'm going to nerd out for a minute. We're looking at, you know, all the inputs. So that could be your costs. That could be your overhead. That could be your time. It could be your labor. We know veterinary practices, their biggest cost is always labor. Um, but also what do you want to make? <laughs> right. You know, like we can take all this accounting, accounting science, but cost accounting is probably the only thing that hasn't changed very much in the last, you know, many, many years. Um, but we can also say, but what's our goal for a profit and take those intrinsic desires and put it together with the facts of how cost accounting works and then create pricing that meets all those things. Um, I'm excited about Profit Solver um, for some of our clients um, and I can't wait to see how it changes their businesses. Um, and it's doing that thing that we just can't do on the outside, right? We don't right. know who's doing what now and the thing. 
you know, like a, an example, Jamie, is I have a client right now that we're working with. And uh, one of the things that it was trying to tell us is that, hey, you know, we have this big piece of equipment that we would like to understand, uh, you know, how do we charge for it? And, and so when you talk about all these different inputs, we look at everything, right? Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the equipment, the inventory, the labor, the overhead costs, plus the profit you want to make. You put all those together, we will now know what it, what your break even for that service is, right? With all mm-hmm. those costs included. And then what, what am I charging today? And am I making or losing money on this particular service? So not only do, is it good to understand where you are, but also where do we want to go? And, and, and there's some services that we just can't be profitable. Like for example, an exam, spay and neuter, those are very competitive. And we know we're intentionally lowering those prices, but we also have to look at where do we offset that? Where, where else can we balance that out and, and make money on so we can ultimately get to our profit goal. But, but getting back to my client, um, they're looking at how do I charge each time I use this piece of equipment. And, and so that's one of the elements that when you start, you know, tearing this apart, we get down to the real nitty gritty and the detail stuff. So it really helps you look at all these different aspects in your business, but gives you a plan and a roadmap to how to utilize that equipment in a way that's going to help allow you to capitalize on it. Um, and, and if you're not utilizing it, why not? And let's look at ways that we can maybe use that even more, or, you know, maybe we retire that piece of equipment, you know, who knows? I love that. So that was literally my next question for you was what other dilemmas or questions does, you know, profit solver help solve? And one of those things is, do I need this piece of equipment? Can I charge for this piece of equipment? What needs to happen? I always say buying equipment at your end is lazy tax planning. Right. And profit solver would like help me have those conversations with our clients because how is this going to make you money? Well, and you have to look at, so that's why we, you know, part, we have a patent on what we do, which is kind of unique. And that was the, the other interesting point. How do you get a patent on a formula? But uh, we're able to get a, a patent on our process that we put these together. That's why when we look at this, we, we have inventory as its own profit center mm-hmm. and we have equipment at its own profit center. Mm-hmm. And so this way, when we're looking at the equipment, it's, it's, are we, utilizing our equipment, like I just referred to, mm-hmm. but also are we making any money on it? Um, and we, cause eventually it's going to die and we have to replace it or it's going to become obsolete. So how do I afford that? And one client that I worked with, um, Jamie, you probably know this too. When you have one bank account, mm-hmm. everything goes in that bank account, everything comes out of that bank account. So what we did is we set up an equipment profit center bank account, so to speak, and mm-hmm. an inventory profit center bank account. So they had three accounts. And what we did is we just had, you know, every quarter we would go through this and say, why don't you transfer, this is what you made in your equipment, transfer it over there. Mm-hmm. So this way it's out of sight, out of mind, so to speak. And it was there for them and they started accumulating over time and it worked out really well for them. Um, awesome. And it was something very simple to do, but you never mm-hmm. think about doing that because Prejudice. we just- one this bank is enveloping. Account. Yeah. Yes. We, call, we call that the envelope. Yes. Electric enveloping is what yeah. we did. Yeah. Right. I love, and I love that. And that works really well, I think, for a lot of people because they can like, it's not in the bank account they're constantly tracking, but right. also it's in a bank account that they can like watch increase. You know? Right. Um, you know, and most, and for, and I always like for, for our clients, I'm always like, okay, well, what is your happy savings amount? Like, 
what do you feel like is a good amount in having in savings to cover payroll or whatever? And most, most, most business owners are just looking at their cash account and they know how much they want in there so they can sleep at night. Right. That's like right. they have, they always have a number in their minds of what that number looks like. Um, so we use that too, in a more like mindset, you know, how can you sleep at night and make sure you're making good decisions, but profit solver can also help decide, help our owners decide if they're ready to hire another That's associate right. or if they need another vet tech need another vet nurse or if they need a receptionist. Right? It, well, that's the, the other, um, I spoke with someone last week or it was a week prior and they were asking me that same question. So how do we know, or, you know, we want to hire an associate and how is that going to impact our profitability for next year? Or once we hire them, what's that going to look like? And yes, yeah, so we could do something on, on on paper here that can help them out. But we actually go through um, our software to model it out even further because it's really just adding a another associate. And, and so what does that mean? How productive are they going to be? Mm-hmm. And it, we initially know there might be some ramp up time and they may not be as productive as our other doctors. That's mm-hmm. fine. But we'll factor that in there so we can put our productive percentage in there. And then we can also take a look at what is that uh, going to look like from a cost perspective and how's that going to change our pricing? Mm-hmm. Uh, if we need to adjust it up or down, do we, do we modify that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what areas do we do that? So we can first understand what it's going to take and the impact it's going to have on our business. And then how do we offset that and how do we afford that? And what mm-hmm. kind of productivity and, and um, uh, volume are they going to bring when they come on board? It's probably like it works really well for setting profit goals and setting productivity goals as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's getting bonuses, bonus structures and even probably buy-in structures. Yeah. There's a lot of, like I said, that's when, when we, we talk about earlier about the business owner saying, you know, this really opened my eyes to my business and it Mm -hmm. does because we talk about so many different areas and facets of your business that you start looking at things and start saying, Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but here's the deal. When you, when you talk about outsourcing, we talked about uh, we touched on it maybe earlier. Mm -hmm. The outsourcing piece is you're good at what you do. Right. And Mm -hmm. there's, you know, I kind of wrote this down, um, time and energy are limited. Mm-hmm. And I, as an individual or doctor, as an individual, they have almost so much time and energy they can contribute in a given day. And mm-hmm. I know that they like to, to do more, maybe do this on their own, or, um, that's where we come in. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, they can offload this and have some good, um, you know, comfort level that, we're doing, we've done this thousands and thousands of times, just like mm-hmm. yourself, right? You mm-hmm. do things, you're an expert at what you do. Mm-hmm. So we try to encourage our clients, not only for us, but is there anywhere else in your business that you can outsource or get some additional help? And that's why the accounting um, and the CPAs and stuff that the, the work that you're doing is mm-hmm. very complementary to what we do mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. And that's why we're starting to work with more CPAs in the industry. Yeah. Um, I think you and I talked about the mindset of CPAs generally is more like generally like just, just cut costs, just cut costs. Don't, right. don't spend money. Um, I'm completely opposite of that, <laughs> which is why profit solver is like, and this partnership works is I'm like, spend the money to get the good pricing so you can afford all the things, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you right. know? Um, 
what, and what I love about this, especially for the veterinary industry is that it helps take, it takes a scientific approach to something that might have been done emotionally or whatever before. Um, and it just takes that, the ability to answer a ton of questions that they probably have, um, in a way that like flips the script on, you know, oh, I'm going to hire an associate. Oh, I have to pay their taxes and their health insurance. And I have to, it's a cost, 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 cost. But if we look at it, at it, at it from a profit point of view, it's, it's a profit center. Having more people working efficient, efficiently is a profit center. It's not a cost. Correct. Um, and I love that flip of the script. And also that probably changes the culture, right? From, from the owner's point of view, especially when they're like, these people and all of this equipment all are working towards my goals for me. Yeah. And you brought up a good point at, um, you know, that's, that's another big factor. Cause when you think about uh, the, fir- the first, when you make price changes and we always talk to the practices about this. So, so doc, you make price changes who's the first that complains about it? Mm-hmm. And it's usually the staff mm-hmm. because the staff is the one that has to deliver it, whether it be the front reception, whether it be the tech that's delivering the invoice, they're dealing with that and they don't have a good basis and understanding of why they you charge what you charge. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, a technician is going, I know what I cost and I know the inventory that I use, they're making a lot of money off of this. That's not the case because we have to factor in all these other pieces. So uh, many practices, what they do is they use Profit Solver. They'll grab like a, a couple of services and they'll, at their monthly meeting, weekly meetings, they'll go through a service and they'll share it with their staff and say, this is, this is how we came to this, this price. And here's the cost that goes into it. And here's how you affect that. Mm-hmm. And they have a much better understanding and it's a lot easier for them to understand that and buy into that versus mm-hmm just saying, here's the price change and just charge this because our, our costs went up. That doesn't resonate with a lot of, you know, people in the, in the practice. So they're all thinking that it's going in the, the owner's pocket when in fact it's just not. And Mm -hmm. they, the more you share. And again, I think the better that you're able to have a a better understanding in your practice. That's transparency. That's absolutely right. Transparency around. I mean, you and I have both worked in CPA firms. We're like, okay, well, especially on the audit side, <laughs> I'm making $5 an hour at this point on the audit side. Right. 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 <laughs> slave labor. Um, and they're making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on me billing me out at, you know, two or three, four times my, my costs. Right. You know, um, but it's not an understanding of why are things priced the way they are, what is happening. Um, but that transparency and also under the staff gets to understand, I love that, how they affect that, right? How, you know, what they're doing or whatever. And then they're probably as well looking for holes or saying, hey doc, why don't I do that thing so we can make more dollars on this service, right? Absolutely. Um, I love that it would, that this data can lead to utilization of staff too. Right. No, that's a very good point. And I, and I think that's, you know, that, that's the thing that comes through as a side benefit mm-hmm. is just the, like you said, the transparency and what role do these people play and have an opportunity to play in the outcome of a service, whether it be the cost or the profit of that service. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, a, it's just a better way to look at it and you can get more engagement. I love it. I love it so much. Um, because I know like in, 
I know in the veterinary industry, just like in the accounting industry, like they're very lot, they're very parallel at this point, especially when we're dealing with small practices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the utilization of staff is always like a big, a big, a big topic. Um, but also retention of that staff, how to create more of that staff, how do we not bring them out? <laughs> um, as well, as well as the docs, huge, you know, huge questions about that. But it really, I think. What I love about this is it helps the helps the owners really get their hands around really what is going on and feel like they have control over their businesses, which with any entrepreneur is always, you know, a huge change. Right. Um, and how they, you know, and how they feel about their business and where it's going. And, and I think you just brought up a, um, a thought for me that, uh, another point that I hear time and time again is benchmarking. They, mm-hmm. the, the topic of benchmarking and and do you use it? Do you, you know, how do you utilize that in Profit Solver? And we don't benchmark, um, but we we can utilize that to supplement what we do. Mm-hmm. But the benchmarking piece is important because um, I, I like it personally, as, just as a as a gauge and a reference point. But I think a lot I find a lot of people end up using it as a way and a basis for them to change their pricing. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I want to give some people some caution, it's like you're comparing yourself to a business, you know, very little about. Mm-hmm. And so when you start benchmarking, uh, you don't know what their management culture is like. You don't know what the types of employees that they have. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different elements, like what their, what's their marketing strategies? Is it, is it low cost provider, high cost provider? And when you start comparing yourself from the outside, they look the same on the inside, very different. Mm-hmm. And so you have to say, well, what's important? So what I always tell people is that, look, look at what people are benchmarking. Okay. That's first. And then once you find out what people are benchmarking, then utilize that to benchmark against yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and this way you can start looking at trends and ways for you to, um, you know, find out where you're dipping below or where you need to go up. And then let's have that conversation. Uh, but let's not use benchmarking as the basis for price changes um, or for pricing your products. It's a component that you can look at, but it's not mm-hmm. something that I would recommend that you do wholeheartedly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting. I've I've seen some benchmarking. I've done some benchmarking in um, different industries, and um, like the question of like, is it a rural practice or is it an inner or is it an urban practice? Like that changes your ratios by just being in a different area. And so right. I think benchmarking never really resonated with me because of that. Like I can't take my practice and do it against the tax shop down the street because we're completely different models. Right. Right. Um, it's a completely different model that would have, that has different inputs um, and different goals and different marketing and different, you know, ways that, uh, that we operate. It would be impossible. Yeah. And different loan structures. I mean, I don't know how, how much somebody has on the books as a loan versus mm-hmm. another. So I may have to make more profit to cover those costs mm-hmm. than somebody else that may be second generation that everything's been paid off. Right. So they're f- more freer to, to change their pricing the way they would like mm-hmm. and where I can't, you know, so it, it's, it's, to me, it's a component, but it's, I don't like to use subjective information. That's why we go back to this, like I said, very, science-based, cost accounting-based objective way to look Mm -hmm. at your business. And then you can add some of these outside elements 
to, you know, for consideration purposes. I love that. I think every business owner needs more objective eyes on their business. And I talk about this all the time. Outside eyes is like the most valuable thing you can get on your business and, you know, how you're growing and all of that, which is why I always say I have two coaches. I have two of them. Because <laughs> they're two different eyes, right? <laughs> and I have other people I talk to about my business and things like that. But outside eyes is so important. And especially if we have objective data as well. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about data because I love data. Mm-hmm. You know, it really does help us make good decisions um, or at least the proper decisions for us. And then add that into a goal. And, uh, and I think the thing with benchmarking too is like, the goal of the tax job down the street is completely different than my goals, right? Whatever they're trying to accomplish is going to be completely different than what I'm trying to accomplish for my business and for me personally. So if we can get that objective data, then we can translate it into a long-term goal. Right. And I think you, you just hit upon that. It's, it's good to have another set of eyes because every, I don't care what business you're in, every owner is going to have some blind spots that, mm-hmm. that they're just not aware of. And it really helps you know, to get, like I said, an outside perspective mm-hmm. of, you know, with people that have seen things that are similar to your business or can give you some of that insight that you may not be looking at. And mm-hmm. it's very helpful. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> My kids probably say this now, but I always say, we can't see our own shit. We just can't. <laughs> like, we're not like humans are not built to do that. Right. Right. So we have to intentionally do that and process our own stuff. Um, and our own businesses, you know, and that's how we get to those goals. Um, I love it. All right. Before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way to find you? Well, easiest would be, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So Steve Castillo, um, is my LinkedIn handle. So, uh, that, or Steve at profitsolver.com. Oh, we're giving out emails. Some people like to give their cell phones out. I'm like, um, no, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need some office phones. So no, don't call me. Um, all right, last question for you. Um, let me make sure I can read my handwriting. Okay. What is the one thing you would recommend a vet, a veterinary uh, practice owner do today to get a better understanding of their profit? Well, to get a better understanding of the profit, you know, of, of course, I would say I would love for them to go through Profit Solver. Mm-hmm. I, I think it really is a worthwhile experience for them to do that. But mm-hmm. um, for, for you to really think about what you can do today to uh, look at your profit, first off, is to really work with somebody that has some knowledge in the industry that can mm-hmm. help you really decipher the financial statements to understand what the real profit is that you're generating from your operations, right? Not just from a tax perspective, from the operations itself. Mm -hmm. And then understand, you know, uh, what are your goals? What do you need to accomplish? Is it, you know, what phase are you in? Are you in a a situation where you you want to reinvest in the business? Do you want to do some remodels or equipment that you need to do? All these different aspects play into the profitability factor, but you have to understand what it is that you want or what your goals are first before you actually go to step two, which is, okay, uh, uh, you know, here's the profit that I would need. And then the third would be now, how do I execute that? And how do I get to that point? 
And so there's a lot of ways to do it. You you hit on a couple cost containment, uh, you know, uh, increased revenue, staying open later, trying to do a little bit more marketing to drive the upper line, upper top line sales. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people in this industry that can help, you know, folks with, with those aspects of it, but to try to pull it all together and get a, a baseline of where you're at. I think it really like working with someone like yourself or utilizing profits already get that starting point and understand where you are and then your objectives and then have that plan and then model that plan as you go throughout the year. Yeah. I think, I mean, with any business owner, we work with them. I was like, but what do you want? What are your goals? You got to figure out where you want to go so we can help you get there. Right. Right. <laughs> to give you all the data in the world, but if you don't know where you're going or you want and to it's, go. You know, here's the other thing that I, what I find is that people will, will do something and then they will, you know, they have all the great intentions, but then life gets in the way, right? You're, you're so busy at work and you're so busy with your personal life that, uh, you know, your best intentions of what you wanted to do uh, somehow dissipate throughout the year and, and think about your new year's resolutions, right? I'm going to do this, this, and this, and, you know, here we are in the you know second quarter and a lot of that's fizzled, faded away and fizzled out. That's why, you know, it's important to have somebody hold you somewhat accountable and that's mm -hmm. where you come in or uh, profits. All right. We, we like to have these quarterly meetings where we have some objectives and some milestones that you can set throughout the year to keep you on point and to mm -hmm. keep you progressing towards your goal. Because if you don't do that, it, like I said, everything else, you're just going to fall right back into what you've been doing historically. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we do monthly with a lot of our practices and it's like your, your action items for this next month. Right. You know, like we're, we're here to help you continue to take action on where you told us where you want to go. Yeah. And you may not get all those completed for months. Maybe not. That's fine. Maybe but, you know, let's, let's, at least we're making some progress as we move out throughout the year. Because mm -hmm. we're taking that time to, you know, track and make sure that we're, we're at least focused on it for just a little bit. Maybe during, we usually we do during the lunchtime. Um, it really does help um, people move forward. And it's so fun. I know it's fun for you guys. It's fun for us. Like, I think, you know, I think it's so important to find those, those people that, that can help you and advise you that find fun in your growth too. Correct. <laughs> you know, because I've had people like be like, okay, great. Good job. You did your stuff. And I'm like, but why aren't you stoked? <laughs> why aren't you stoked for me? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, Jamie, it's been a pleasure. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.